Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. And here she is in person with us in the studio just after her ad. Wendy, not a great to have you with us again. <laughs> Thanks, Pippa. Now, we're going to be chatting today about travel and particularly some news on airline luggage theft. Uh, a little bit to tell you about hotel booking sites as well, a follow-up on a conversation we had a few weeks ago. And then after one thirty, open line time where you can phone in on any uh, consumer query. A reminder that the number to dial is 021-446-0567. You can send an SMS to 31567 or leave a voice. Voice note on 0725671567. Uh, and then uh, lots of messages coming in about Castor. Let me just share one or two before we jump into the airlines, Wendy, with sure. apologies. A question, is there an option for her to compete in certain events or countries that don't abide by the ruling and would allow her to run? Yes, there is an option for her to compete in events longer than the 1,500 meters in the mile. Uh, there's a question mark over whether these rules should be applied to those two events themselves, but certainly the longer distances are not targeted. So she does have an option of switching to the longer distance like the 5,000 meters and not having to intervene with her hormone levels. Countries that don't abide by the ruling, well, the results wouldn't have any standing in terms of world sports. So... She could, but for what purpose? Um, she wouldn't be competing against the best in the world if she were doing that. So uh, I don't really see that as an option for her. Um, we must keep making arguments, somebody says, from a scientific standpoint, not one of race. There are other women also in similar position to Castor who are not black, and they must challenge the judgment, all of them. Uh, how do they justify the judgment, asks Dougal in Blue Downs. Does this mean at the age of 84 I can participate using steroids? Good luck to you, Dougal. Um, look, um, this is one of the questions being asked is that if we are now then asking someone to artificially intervene and artificially play with their hormone levels, does that not then open a window for artificial intervention of the illegal drugging kind, which we've worked so hard to eliminate from sport? So it is a very big question mark. Um, although I sympathize with her very complicated and often cruel situation, says another, I do feel like the correct decision was made. She remains an inspirational figure, and I hope she can continue to dominate despite this. Kathleen, on the other hand, very disappointed with the ruling. She does feel Castor has been personally targeted. And going forward, I think they now need to test all female competitors for testosterone levels. Castor is certainly not the only female competitor out there with higher levels. Cynthia saying, I'm so heartbroken about this ruling. It's such a joy watching her run. Poetry in motion. I do think it's racist and aimed at one person. I've watched the reaction of her rival's reaction compared to her win. I think she, when she thanks and congratulates them after a race, the white girls ignore her, says Cynthia. I would protest to support her cause. Okay, we'll leave it there for now. I'll take a few more of your voice notes and SMSs when we come back to this conversation in the second hour of the show. Uh, we are in communication with her legal team and hoping to be able to bring you an interview with one of them after 2 o'clock. For now, let's get back to um, consumer matters and to airline theft. Wendy, over to you. Okay, so if you're into high-end perfumes, whatever you do, do not pack them into your check-in luggage when you fly, <laughs> particularly if you're going via or to OR Tambo International in Johannesburg. Okay. Um, <laughs> because if your bag or suitcase or whatever is broken into by one of the morally challenged baggage handlers, uh, that's what they'll sniff out first. I've okay. had reports of people putting packing it in the legs of tr of pants and uh, you know, but not in their toiletry bags because that is 
if you go onto Twitter, you'll see there are so many reports of people saying, My perfume uh, is stolen. Yes, okay. I'm so sure. upset. So, a uh, media celeb, an LM daughter's tweet last week about her bag being broken into at uh, OIT. She didn't say what was uh, taken. Um, sparked a wave of Me Too baggage tampering stories. Um, but apparently, the statistics say that the problem is not escalating at that airport. In fact, the figures of 2018 versus 2017 were actually lower. Um, General manager of the airport, Bongiwe Piti Volcana, told me that there was a reduction, as I said, um, over in those figures. Um, and that globally, how the, this baggage tampering is um, measured is bags per Bags tampered per thousand bags handled. Okay. And I won't go into the numbers because they're confusing, but suffice to say that ORT's statistics are well below global average, really? according to the airport manager, yes. Then she said something which is interesting. It's around perception. She says they, they, there is a spike over the Christmas break, you know, December, mm-hmm. Jan, and over Easter. And that's when you know, social media then starts humming with these reports. And as she said, especially if it's well-known uh, people such as Anele, then it creates a, a perception that this is now rampantly out of control. But she said the figures don't actually bear that out. Um, I actually spoke to a um, luggage manufacturer, Samsonite, uh, in South Africa, and they said their Joburg Repair Center alone processes 150 repairs a month. Sure. Those are not all tamperings. Those are... Da- um, bags that have been damaged okay. through mishandling, which is a, a story in itself. Um, at, yeah, 70% of them through mishandling, breaking into, and abuse. They don't actually separate it out because obviously they're just doing the repairs. Not, okay. so that, they, they don't get told what happened. Um, but I think when we talk statistics, not every victim of baggage tampering is going to bother to report it because there's a lot of red tape um, mm. involved. And in terms of compensation, there's an international standard of just $20 um, per kilogram, <laughs> you can yeah. imagine per kilogram, you're not going to get much compensation if if you're talking high end perfumes, for example. They weigh very little, but cost very lot. Yeah, so I I know Anella said she's not going to, to report no. this one. It's too much of a hassle. She said she had to be somewhere who's got time for that. Yeah, I know it's a ship, Wendy, but. I kind of feel you should make the effort oh, because because if she and others like her are not reporting it, then that happy don't worry our figures are actually lower than the international rate and it's not so bad is based on 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 yeah. fake information. And I think there has to be a reason why baggage wrapping is such a, a thing. A sought after thing. I checked yeah. yesterday. I was at ORT yesterday yep. and I spoke to a guy. He wasn't very busy. It was the afternoon. Obviously very busy in the morning. And yeah. That. And he said it's ninety rand to wrap any bag, no matter the size. Um, which is quite a lot of money. It is. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, obviously it is effective in, in, in stopping it. In stop- yeah. Well, in, in making the person go for the bag after yours. But Samson had told me interestingly that they are often among those repairs they get are, are bags that have actually been slashed by mistake by the owner trying to cut oh, the, my goodness. the plastic off. And they actually recommend, and you could say they would because they sell them, but they recommend a, a baggage cover instead. Um, yep. it's a, it's a one-off buy and it, has the same effect as the wrapping, but without um, the hassle to get it, get off, it on and off and the possibility that you might damage your bag, hard or soft, in that process. So just anecdotally, I mean, moving through Schiphol Airport last week, I noticed a lot of people had those fabric, ba- sort yes. of a, a stretchy, yes, almost I'm, like a neoprene cover. I'm definitely cover. going to invest in one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's really interesting. I really do think it's worth the schlep to make sure they are getting accurate figures on what is being taken. Even if you don't put a claim in, just report at least it. report that, that it happened. That doesn't take long. Yes. Yeah. Because then at least they're dealing with what is actually the scenario and not being lulled into a false sense of 
security that they don't have a problem when they do. Okay, so we've spoken about the 90 rand option to wrap your suitcase in yes. cling wrap and about the fact you must be very careful when taking it off. You've spoken about the luggage cover as a, an alternative. What else can we do to, I mean, you want to make your bag Less appealing Least to the attractive, yes. than somebody else. So you could use a really old tatty suitcase that looks like it's got like, nothing in it worth exactly. stealing, I guess. Well, yes, okay. this is true. Um, so obviously I asked uh, OIT's Bongiwe Pichibogana what she would recommend. And she said, you know, first of all, heed the warning that all the airlines put out not to put items of value such as laptop, tablet, watch or jewelry into checked in baggage. You wouldn't believe how many people still do that. But um, actually... Uh, when I researched this issue, the items which are most often taken out of the uh, out of chicken baggage by pilferers are perfume, as we said, number mm-hmm. one, followed by cell phones. Yeah, some people travel with a second cell, cell phone and then they put that in their baggage, um, and branded clothing. Really, according to social media uh, posts, you, if you if you go and you will see that born out there. Um, so you can put your perfume in your phone and you'll carry on, obviously. But branded clothing, not so much. You've got to put it somewhere if you're into branded clothing. So maybe I don't have any, so I have this maybe, No, nor do I. But maybe the trick is to put it in the old suitcase. But, but yeah, um, zips are the weak spot on any a piece of luggage. So the baggage, any kind of wrapping will obviously deal with that risk. Um, Samsonite says, and they're not the only ones who, who make these, but the, the news... Um, Cutting edge in, in, in um, suitcase safety is a three-point locking system, which doesn't involve any zips, but obviously uh, very expensive. But if you're a regular traveler and you're regularly going through a hot point like um, ORT, then obviously a worthwhile investment. investment. So when yeah. you say a three-point, is that like a lock on each side yes, of the suitcase the plus the one at the yeah. top and the front? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we've got news, but we've got more news on. We have, but we've also got a voice note. Let's quickly <sighs> listen. We, oh, should we take the voice note after the news? Very amusing message in though from Jenny and DeBron, who says she has a reverse breaking story. <laughs> she says, I lived in Madagascar for, the, uh, for seven years. I got home to Madagascar once to find a North Face cap in my luggage and nothing missing. So no one wanted to steal my stuff. Maybe they felt <laughs> sorry for me. I love that. So Jenny's like, oh, she didn't have branded clothing and somebody gave her some. <laughs> that is, that is bizarre. truly bizarre, Jenny. Bizarre. That, that takes the cake. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. You can send us a WhatsApp voice note now on 072-567-1567. Hi, Papa. I... Honestly, don't think that the numbers of bag tampering incidents has lowered. I think what is lowering is the number of people reporting it because you get absolutely no joy. There's no feedback if your bag's been tampered with. There's no um, compensation in any way. The OR Tambo staff just, yeah, it's like another day at ORT if you report that your bag has been tampered with. And it's certainly not a new thing. My daughter on her way back from an overseas trip had basically all her jewelry taken out of her um, her um, stowaway luggage. And um, every time we get visitors that go through ORT, somebody in the group is affected by um, bag, their bags being um, opened and things removed or rummaged through. So I don't think that um, it's true that the numbers are lowering because you see it all the time and I think people are just getting completely disillusioned with the management of that and so they were not reporting it because they know nothing will happen. Thanks for that and I, I fear I you may be right. Fact, yeah. That is a factor, yes, yeah. because I, as I say, I get a lot of complaints about it and um, 
yeah, I said, did you report it? There's, there's you know, not not a, not a lot of point in doing so. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, interesting. A WhatsApp from someone saying, oh, Tambo brought in experts from overseas to try and eliminate theft from luggage years ago. Where are the cameras? Where are the managers? There are, yeah, there are some points. I mean, I've spoken to the airlines and they only control certain areas and then the rest is controlled by the airport. Yeah. And they, you know, they, those are the weak spots, they say, and, and they're powerless to do anything about it. Um, last, in December, the whole thing blew up. I remember, mm. you know, Christmas time and we had calls for, you know, something must have for Yusuf Abramji and there was a, one of the government ministers was, was calling for something's got to happen, blah, blah. And I remember Fly Safe said pledged a hundred thousand rand to, uh, towards you know finding a solution. And when I checked with them last week, um, they said no, no takers, nothing's happened. That's really interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Oh. You know, we we also spoke last year about the case of somebody whose um, handle had been um, yes. damaged. I remember that, and she would be told, Gardner. "That's right, Lauren." And she was told, "Sorry, we don't cover damage to wheels Which or handles." Which infuriated me because yeah. I said the point is. They say they don't um, cover, all the airlines do this. If you look in their uh, terms and conditions, they don't cover, take any responsibility for broken, retractable um, th- items. So in other words, or things, sorry, not retractable, things that stick out, protrusions. Yes, protruding, yes. So that would include um, wheels and the handles, most bags, all bags have handles that, yeah. that um, retract. And in her case, she'd done what we do, we all do. She pushed, carried it to the check-in with the handle out, pushed it down and checked it in. And the bag was manhandled in some way on the trip and um, so badly that it buckled the handle inside her bag and she couldn't pull it out. And that is actually quite a thing. And they said to her, sorry, look here, look at the sign, no cover. And I pointed out the obvious that... that It wasn't uh, injured in its. Yes, they they actually made it un, damaged, un, un, unable to protrude ever again. Yes, and she got she got compensated for that. And I've since uh, witnessed another case. Um, I landed in, back in Cape Town from Joburg. Oh, one of those two hour delays. Yeah. It was half past eleven at night, and I saw a woman on the other side of the carousel not being able to pull her handles out, and she was so furious and marched off. Didn't report it, incidentally. Oh, yeah. Marched off. Um, before I sort of was awake enough to try and get to her. But, you know, I'm waiting for my bag. Anyway, the woman next to me had the same thing. Couldn't pull the handle out. So there was obviously something rough going on with the handling on on that flight. flight, And I said to go, it was, I think it was Mango. I said, go to Mango and report it. And there was nobody there at the time. I said, here's my card. I don't want anything. I'm just telling you, copy me in on your email to the airline. And she did. And we both got a response. They said the person, there is always someone there, but they were at the carousel at the time. And, um, Absolutely, uh, she was compensated. She was. Okay. She was compensated. But uh, it's a common thing for airlines, if you don't know any better, to say, oh, handles, we don't, it's, that is ludicrous. Unless your handle is sticking out, which who does that? Yeah. But I would say with wheels, um, I've had a lot of feedback from people who say it really is worth taking out the extra 25, 30 rand insurance with a particular airline, especially if you have um, a suitcase on wheels that protrude quite a lot. You do get the well-designed ones that are designed to tuck away and that's definitely the way to go but you can understand I I do have some sympathy for the airlines with those it would be very difficult they they just look like they can snap off easily let's face it, they're the ones that stick out a lot. So I would just say to avoid a fight and everything else it's just worth if you have one of those bags to take out I think in Mango's case it's 25 rand or something. Okay, good to, know to ask for it. Though. And I was speaking to somebody in the airport about this just yesterday. It's worth it 
to just not have the, the fight over it because that can be a, a big expense. Yeah. Well, somebody else saying on the WhatsApp line, I really don't think we should have to resort to plastic wrap in this day and age. If you can afford to travel, you can afford insurance. Uh, so that's obviously There's their the strategy. Issue. Your own insurance or yeah. through the airline. But speaking of things protruding, etc., I know ORT just a couple of weeks ago have moved towards standardized luggage sizes and said a few things about the shape of your bag uh, that is yes. going to be applicable. I noticed when I traveled last week, I was asked to remove, I had a duffel bag. Bag. They hate carry on. Bags. I had to take the strap off and stow the strap inside yes. the bag. They would duffel, not. Um, they've got carry a spe- it. They're, yeah. they're especially um, red flag duffel bags. Anything irregular because all with long straps. So if you've got a duffel bag yeah. with long straps, that's a double double no. It snarls up. I don't know why just ORT, but it snarls up the um, baggage handling system. Yeah, I was asked at ORT. I wasn't asked at Skipple on the return. Interesting. This was yeah. from first of March, so it's just okay. a couple of months old now. Well, this takes the cake, or rather, takes the the, the steak. Kate and Ronavash on the WhatsApp. <laughs> Line, saying my husband flew to Cape to Cape Town from PE with a large T-bone steak <laughs> in his suitcase. <laughs> he was going yeah. straight to a briar when he landed. <laughs> only a man. Only a man would do that. <laughs> it was the only thing stolen from his case. And I went when I went to PE airport to resort, report the theft. They said I must report it to the police instead. Can you imagine reporting the theft of a large piece of meat? <laughs> continue you might have to excuse me <laughs> that absolutely takes the cake <laughs> okay there's a talker in there who what is the weirdest thing you have ever carried in your luggage so we have uh, a large t-bone steak at this point i confess i came home with a wheel of cheese from holland but it was it was well wrapped anybody else had the experience of traveling with something utterly bizarre in their luggage and did it make it to your final destination or not you can send an sms to 31567 or a, a whatsapp to 072 1567. Okay. Um, while Wendy recovers, another WhatsApp saying, arriving at Cape Town International, my husband put a laptop tray down to pull out a trolley, and when he looked up, it had disappeared. No help from staff. Very they pretended common. nothing had happened, told us to report it to police and wash their hands. <clears throat> Very common, that. And I just want just reminded me of another story, not nearly as bizarre as the steak, but it made news last year, and that is a family. Um, uh, bought the, uh, they, if they bought it of the child, it was a child's toy. It was a, one of those plush toys and it was a snake. And yes. it was actually confiscated because they said it could cause, the problem was it, it would cause um, panic on the, it could, it was so lifelike. I didn't agree with that, but it was so lifelike according to ORT's, uh, people that it could cause panic on a, on a plane. But, you know, we laugh, but if you think about, um, the fear of snakes among the Especially most of the population. Especially snakes on a plane. <laughs> yes. I think, you know, we don't think of these things, but um, we should actually just you've got to look at everything. Stash it inside the bag. Stash it. But, I mean, children don't want their favorite toys stashed inside anywhere. They want it with them. But exactly. That was, yeah, it was. It made headlines last year. Okay. Now, Wendy, I know your personal solution to this problem is to try and travel without check-in luggage at all. How do yes. you do it? There's an absolute art to this, okay, <laughs> and I, that I've perfected over the years from personal experience and that of, of others. So quickly, um, and I really would recommend trying to do this even on an international flight. It just it, it, it has so many advantages, including 
um, reducing your chance of missing connections if they're tight. Yeah. If you just have everything with you. So make your, make sure that your case is size and weight compliant, no bigger than, you're not going to remember this, but 56 by 36 by 23. It's, those dimensions are available on all um, the airlines and um, uh, websites. Mustn't weigh any more than seven kilograms. That's most of them. SAA, interestingly, does allow eight kilo, uh, kilometers, kilograms for hand luggage. Um, the latest hard shell cases are both light and strong, so you don't have to sacrifice too much of that precious weight allowance on the suitcase itself. So that's what I've learned. I think it's polycarbonate or something. It's yep. very, very, very light. Um, get into the boarding queue early to make sure that your bag does score a spot in the overhead bin. If you are not at the front of the queue and you're pretty sure there, are, there is still space in that um, bin for your for your case, um, what I do, and it works every time, is just lift, don't wheel it. Because that's, they, they're looking out for the, you know, just as you're about to board, they're looking yeah. out on the air bridge there. They're looking out for, for bags to divert to the hold. So just pick it up and walk along nonchalantly like it weighs nothing and they won't, you won't attract attention. I've never been stopped. Really? When I've done that, I just zip past them as they're stopping everybody else. As if, oh, there's With hardly their, anything yeah, in just here. Just my yes. little thing. I actually did that just yesterday. Okay. Um, at ORT. Um, and if you, if your bag is diverted from to the hold, as we've been discussing, do take the time, as embarrassing as it is, st- sitting there, standing there with your, the innards of your bag on display, take out your most valuable items as much as you can hold in your hands to avoid, um, Getting them being the taken out, finding that they're gone. Yes. Okay, thanks. So we've got to work on our nonchalant attitude. <laughs> this way is nothing. Maybe I should uh, do a I video. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should give us a demo. Right, let's go to the lines and say hello to Ian, uh, calling in from Bloberg on the subject of travel insurance. Ian, good afternoon. Yes, hi, hi, good afternoon. I just heard that you mentioned something about if your connections are tight. Um, I was flying out. I was lucky enough to be in Bali recently, and I was leaving Bali, and for some unknown reason, they didn't allow us. Through the passport control, the entire airport was jam-packed with people. We were all sitting on the floor for about two and a half hours with no explanation. Yeah. What, that, what that did um, was obviously made the connection flight that I had in KL, um, I you know, only took off when I was supposed to be landing, and so I missed the connection to, um, yeah. from, from KL. Anyway, so I had to arrange for my ticket uh, the, for the next flight, and I had to pay in, you know, four and a half thousand rand mm-hmm. extra. So when I got home, I had travel insurance. May I mention the, the company's name? You may. Yeah, I think so. AIG Travel. Mm-hmm. And um, this was like, I'd, I admit I did it at the last minute prior to traveling, so I didn't read every fine print. So I put my claim in, explaining to them that due to being held back at Bali, couldn't make my connecting flight, blah, blah, blah. They've subsequently come back to me and just said that um, they, won't, they, they won't be able to uh, reimburse me um, because according to the contract, it was due to, uh, you know, it had to be due to pub, uh, Public transport, I think it was. Let me just quickly get it here quickly. Public transport, technical failure, um, or poor weather, or strike action. So anyway. That's pretty mean. I mean, being held up in the airport is beyond your control. Why would they exclude that? And that's actually quite a – I mean, I would imagine that's not all that rare. Yeah. I mean, that's happened to me. I've missed a flight because of uh, airport congestion in France before. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't. I mean, I was early. I was right in front of the line. But the point, the point is that they didn't allow anybody through. 
they had, I think, they didn't give us an explanation, but I, I'm surmising that from what I heard is that um, it was some server failure, so they couldn't operate oh. their customs control at all. I think you've given so, me a, 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 an idea for a future show, is to look at, yeah. scan through the travel insurance um, terms and conditions and look at what's excluded. Okay, Ian, I'm bringing yeah. you back to my producer, Amy. If you can please just leave your details with her because I'd like, I'm sure Wendy would like to chat I, to I've you further just signaled to Amy, and, and have a bit yes. of a conversation with you about the specific T's and C's and maybe have a look at the, the contract in, in question thank for this you, one. Ian. But thank you for alerting us to that. As always, it pays to read the fine print, Wendy, yeah, which we absolutely. know we're very bad about doing. Uh, but thanks for calling in, Ian. Uh, on the subject of weird things in luggage, okay, I still think uh, Kate's steak uh, takes the, I've, the cake. I've but, never um, laughed so much on air. Oh dear. Uh, Richard, though, has, has as a contender, Richard <laughs> smuggled a zebra pleco fish from the UK <gasps> to Spain in his hand luggage. Uh-huh. says, I saw him through the x-ray machine. He arrived safe and alive on the <laughs> other side. Um, it's probably fairly illegal, I would imagine. I would imagine on all sorts of different yes. uh, variations. We also have a baboon skeleton in a box which flew from Joburg to Cape Town, says Stuart. It was for my son's biology project. I he took it on as so hand much. luggage. Shame. Anthea, her son, bought nine big packets of knickknacks and when he arrived in Dublin, back in Dublin, they were all squashed in his clothes. Very disappointed. Uh, I know the <laughs> knickknacks are the thing people miss when they live overseas, Anthea. I can say this. Be grateful it was only squashed knickknacks and not what happened to my sister-in-law when she went home to London and her bottle of Amarula cream oh, was broken inside her luggage. Uh, uh, does she mean this, the, the, the knickknacks actually burst and then... And they probably did because the packet expanded. Mm, mm. Shame. That's awful. I don't know if those stains would ever come out of that. But I bet he ate the crumbs. (laughs) (laughs) Anthea, thank you so much. We've got a couple of voice notes as well. Let's take a listen. One of the funniest things that I have had happen in an airport, well, it wasn't me, it was a a friend who was flying from Johannesburg to Cape Town to take part in um, a marathon. And he had new shoes that he'd broken in. And when he arrived and retrieved his luggage, his beautiful new running shoes had been changed with a pair of really old, <gasps> disgusting... Uh, oh, no. Well, that you make, makes sense. One can't really call them what. Old but, tackies. Uh, at least the person who stole his shoes decided that he should have um, nice new ones. Um, this is Sally from Gardens. Shame, Sally. Sally from Gardens, I think the reason for that is not to raise uh, suspicion because he, what, what he, you know, you just... You've got to get rid of the ones you had on, otherwise you've got to hold them. Oh, yes, and then it's obvious so that you've got a spare pair of shoes, yes. so you put the old ones back. <laughs> but what oh, an insult. It is indeed. Another voice note. Hi, Pip. I can completely relate to your previous caller about our tambo. Um, my mother flew back to America with um, all her luggage, and it never got to America. And they tracked it, and the tracking um, system identified that it never left OR tambo. Um, so it had never got on the flight to Amsterdam and then on to the States. So I actually went from Cape Town to Joburg to see if I could find the baggage and sure. lost luggage. or And no one was interested at all in helping me or, um, uh, you know, facilitating the process to find the bags. Um, my mother was in a complete state because she'd lost absolutely everything. Mm. And it was a really, really frustrating experience. Um, they have a couple of rooms at OR Tampa just filled with left luggage and prams and wheelchairs and awful, awful kind of setup. Um, but it was really, really a frustrating process. And I think um, OR Tambo has got such a bad name in terms of luggage and luggage getting stolen and luggage getting lost that um, 
we personally do everything we can not to fly through there. Um, so anyway, that's just my story. Thanks. Bye. That's really interesting. Thanks. So you actually choose your, your, your flight path your, to your avoid route. ORT. Yeah. yeah. Uh, years ago, well, not but maybe five years ago, I was interacting with AXA and I got them to agree um, for me to actually go and visit those rooms. Yeah. Uh, um, and um, it, was all, it was sort of on the way to being arranged and then they changed their minds, interestingly oh, really? enough. Yeah, I imagine what a colourful story I could have got out of that. Out of what was in those rooms, yes. yeah. So just two more comments on the luggage and then we'll take a short break and come back with uh, an update on hotel bookings. Um, Alan's saying it's almost impossible to buy a larger piece of luggage without exposed wheels. They're now all based on the four-wheel rollers, which do really stick out and are very vulnerable to damage. Mm, some more than others, though. Really yeah. take a careful look. At, I've started looking at them since I've been covering these stories. Yeah. And some look... Definitely look more vulnerable than others. Okay, and then Cynthia saying it's just not fair. We are forced to hand over our luggage to the airline. I look after my bag very well, but I'm not allowed to look after it until it gets onto the plane. I think the airlines have a duty to look after my goods. They do, but tell the airlines that they have that they work on this global international standard of of um, compensation that that old uh, twenty kilogram thing. Um, so you know, I would say make sure you have insurance, um, but for your personal things because if you don't if it goes missing um you you will get that that very little compensation another thing is also especially um in the about damaged baggage but pilfered mm. there's a very simple habit to get into is to just take a photograph of your packed bag before you yep. close it up as with everything it's so easy for us to do these days with our smartphone cameras it's just you never know when that's going to come in handy for you very very good tip thank you so much right after the short break i will update you on hotel booking sites also happy to squeeze in an open line call or two if you've got something you'd like to pose to wendy get dialing now on 021-446-0567 cape talk consumer talk you can call us now on 021 0567. Well, one piece of suggestion from an insurance broker saying the best company for travel insurance in their view is TIC, hands okay. down. So there's a recommendation for those who are looking for a better alternative. And still with airlines, Wendy, and this is a topic I know you've mentioned before, so maybe you can just recap what the rules actually say. The WhatsApp says my daughter and her daughter live in Hong Kong and were staying with us here in South Africa. They've had to cancel their return trip 48 hours before they were due to fly because of the sudden death of a favorite cousin and they wanted to stay back for the funeral. SAA has refused even a partial refund if a copy of the death certificate is not supplied to them. Is this fair? Well, the um, the Consumer Protection Act in talking about um, cancelling the cancellation of bookings says that um, a reasonable cancellation must be given, but I think reasonable 48 hours before it would be zero. Yeah. Right. But unless... Um, Except in the case of the death or hospitalization of the person who made, who made the booking or for whom the booking was made. So if I made it for my daughter, say, and either myself or the well, my daughter, terrible to say these words, were hospitalized yes. or killed, right? But So it doesn't talk about um, other extended families. Because I often get yeah. with weddings, you know, there'll be a, a, a illness or death of somebody in the extended family and... It doesn't really apply to that. It's very narrow. So actually, strictly speaking, in terms of the CPA, um, the death of a of a relative wouldn't really be um, grounds, grounds for that. No, 
But the fact that they've actually asked for the death certificate, as intrusive as that seems, I, I mean, it might be worth doing that. Because maybe they are considering yes. a partial refund. Yes, and if you think refund, of yeah. the whole, you know, there's the, there's the law and then there's treating customers fairly. And yes, it is 48 hours before, but to offer her no relief seems really um, unfair and, mm. and, and, and um, quite callous. So... Particularly um, if they're able to resell the seat to somebody else. Well, that's what I was going to talk about with the yes. hotel booking. So yes. let's do that. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about hotel booking sites and some of the dodgy marketing practices they use yes. to get us to Only book. one left and yes, all that sort of and, thing. Yes, uh, and last chance at this price kind of thing. Oof. But Wendy, you've had a couple of other cases since that have made you dig a little bit deeper into this issue, haven't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. So number one, beware international hotel booking sites. Um they aren't based in South Africa, and if, especially if it's for overseas venues, then the CPA doesn't apply at all. So, um, but if uh, I checked this with um, CPA attorney uh, uh, Janusz Luzerek just this morning, in fact, and he said, even if it's an international booking site, though, if the venue is um, in a local venue, then there are agents for the local venue, and the CPA would apply. But I don't know if you've ever tried to engage with um, online via email with an international booking site. It it's an pretty much, yeah, it's quite futile. Have, no. So yeah. a Cape Town man made a booking for a West Coast guest house recently, paid in full as you have to, and cancelled in about within about eighteen hours, so less than a day later, and was still charged their standard fifty percent cancellation, which is they will give you any if it's between. Uh, if it's within eight days that you cancel and after that you, you, you get, get nothing. nothing, right? Um, now the CPA says you can cancel for a reasonable, um, cancellation, pen- cancellation penalty. So 50% within 18 hours of cancelling would never pass the 50%, I mean, that the reasonable, um, test. Test. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, but so there's a, so be aware of that. Know that you 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 even though that was a local venue and strictly speaking the CPA should have applied these international guys. Uh, yeah, they when when the, the person in this example queried it um, up to a point they were engaging and then just stopped engaging. Okay. So rather protect yourself and know know what you're dealing with. Um, and then we had a case of um, I don't know if you've heard of Amoma. I hadn't until I got this complaint. I have come across have them you? once or twice. I've been looking for international okay. um, uh, bookings, but I've never used them. Be very very wary. So <laughs> local Cape Town woman, I'll call her Julia. She really didn't want me to reveal her name. I did invite her to come and join us on the show, but she didn't want to. She said she's so embarrassed. She made. She went onto a Moma. She made a two day, two night booking for a hotel in Lisbon for June. Uh, it came to a couple of rand under 4,000 rand, which is 250 rand less than bookings.com, which is why she went for it, which is why, it's just how they get a lot of their business. They're undercut. Just undercut, yeah. Um, she then started Googling the booking site and she didn't like what she saw. In some cases, the bookings were not, people got bookings, um, that were non-existent. In other cases, um, the bargain rate wasn't because there were so many add-ons that made it more than what they could have got elsewhere. Right. Um, if you Google the words Amoma and scam as I did, you will have plenty to read. Okay. Um, so in her case, she got lucky. She said she phoned her bank, Senate Bank, and they, they did, um, stop it. They said, um, that, uh, she had cancelled so, uh, reversed the amount so quickly, um, that they were going to do it for her. So she didn't lose that 4,000 rand, but she's le- been left really shaken and embarrassed by the, um, experience because she said she fell for the low fare thing yeah. without doing her yeah. research first. Um, so Amoma be very wary of that. Um, and in yeah. general. 
So well, we want some tips because we do use these sites, Wendy. What are what are some of the things you'd advise? Obviously, checking the cancellation terms before you click and make sure pay. that you're so very sure that you you, know, you really you, want that property. You, you don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, be, be know what you're in for with cancellation before you click OK. Um, as I say, many have blanket no reinforcement policies such as a MoMA. So that's uh, really what should happen. They should have a sliding scale of of, yeah. of refunds. So if you cancel immediately, you should get minus a small admin fee. You should get pretty much all of it back. If you cancel at the last minute, fair fair. But here's the thing that I want to say before we right reach the, the top time. of the yeah. hour. And, and that is the whole idea of this protection in the CPA is not intended to enrich the supplier, the, the provider of the accommodation. So... It's supposed to protect them against not being able to, to losing out because they couldn't fill that booking again, right? Yeah. So if they do book and in high season, there's a very high possibility that they would, whether it's a wedding venue uh, or wedding photographer, if they do re- get another booking for that day or a hotel that your, your particular class of room or whatever, if they then book out, you are entitled to that, to that refund. And I know of a couple that wouldn't were told by a wedding venue when they cancelled months in advance that they weren't going to get a cent of what they paid back, which was considerable. They actually drove to the venue on the date of um, their wedding. They'd postponed because of um, some drama in the family, and there was a wedding going on, and they were then able to negotiate an almost full refund. So it's not the the the, the suppliers aren't entitled to get a double payment. It's it's okay. not about enriching them. So if you've had to forfeit a lot of money for a booking, it is worth following up on that date. Phoning up to see if they the day before say if there's a, a chance a, for a room tomorrow yes. night. And if yeah. there isn't, then and you have the stomach for the fight, um, and you might want to share it with me. Because um, it's Wendy worth doing does. it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she does have the stomach for the I fight. Do. So if you've got a topic that you'd like to raise with her, all you need to do is send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R, or look for her Facebook page, Wendy Nola Consumer. Please just remind her to put the words Cape Talk in the subject line just to help direct it accordingly. We'll chat again next Thanks, week, Wendy. Thanks, I will do.